Luke chapter 19. As you're turning there, there's the story goes that there was this man who owned a fitness center. And this guy was really buff. He was really strong. And occasionally he would put on this uh, strength contest. And uh, he would give uh, someone uh, there a thousand dollars if he could, if that person could just squeeze out one more drop of a lemon that he squeezed. And he did this this uh, this contest on a regular basis. And there were all kinds of strong people that would uh, participate in this competition. And the, the owner, he would squeeze the lemon and he would get every drop of juice out of this lemon. And whoever came behind him, they could never get one drop of lemon juice. And then one day, there was this uh, just scrawny little guy that uh, took this owner up on this challenge. And uh, this scrawny guy, he got up there, and he didn't just squeeze one drop of lemon out of this lemon, but he squeezed six drops out of this lemon. And the owner of this uh, facility, he couldn't believe it. And he wanted to know, you know, where did this guy get his strength? What did he do for a living? Were, were you a, a construction worker or are you a fitness guru? This guy was just, you know, skin and bones. And he said, no, I happen to work for the IRS. <laughs> And so that's what we're looking at this morning. We're looking at the life of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a tax collector, and he's just not any tax collector. He is the chief tax collector, and uh, he has a really bad reputation because, uh, he, yeah, he tries to squeeze out every last drop of, pe- of what people have in income. We're not going to look at the. We're not going to read the text this morning since we basically sung the text. But uh, we're going to look at uh, verses 19 through uh, uh, one through 10 of chapter 19 this morning, and we're going to look at uh, basically Jesus's mission statement of why Jesus came, and we see that in verse 10 of chapter 19. He says this: "For the Son of Man." came to seek and to save the lost. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And, you know, as we are so familiar with this passage of Scripture, you might think that, uh, well, this morning uh, Zacchaeus was seeking this. But actually, the opposite is true. Oh, yes, Zacchaeus was curious as to who Jesus was, and he went to great lengths. But actually, Jesus was searching for Zacchaeus. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. And so in this passage of scriptures this morning, we are going to uh, look at Jesus' mission statement. And the first point I want to make is that Jesus sought Zacchaeus. Jesus had a divine appointment with Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming to Jericho. And uh, Zacchaeus did everything he could to see this Jesus who was passing by. 
But it was actually Jesus who was searching for Zacchaeus. And when Jesus sees Zacchaeus in the tree, we know the song, we sang the song, but Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today. I'm not sure why we're having this popping going on this morning. But he says, I must come to your house today. And you know, people were shocked by that. You know, there was a great crowd following Jesus. And when they heard Jesus say those words to this tax collector, the Bible says in verse 7 that they all grumbled. It wasn't just a few that grumbled. It was everybody that grumbled. And why did they grumble? Because this Jesus wanted to go to this tax collector's house. Jesus, you have no business going to this tax collector's house. But Jesus knew exactly who Zacchaeus was. I want you to know this morning that Luke is drawing out in this text once again that Jesus focuses on, he he specializes in people that society has written off. They don't want to have anything to do with Zacchaeus, but as far as Jesus is, is concerned, that's the, exactly the person that he wants to spend time with. That's the Lord and Savior that we serve. He's not repulsed by Zacchaeus's profession. Jesus knows that Zacchaeus is hungry for the gospel. And Jesus knows all about Zacchaeus' life. And that ought to encourage every one of us this morning, friends. I don't know your background. I don't know your backstory. But Jesus does. And he's not repulsed by your story. He loves you. He longs for you. And Jesus, in the context of this passage this morning, is saying, Whatever your name is, you calm down because I need to spend time at your house today. Zacchaeus had a seedy reputation. And I don't know if your, your reputation is seedy. It may be, it may be good, but God knows, Jesus knows everything there is to know about you. I love the story of uh, Nathaniel. And how he was called to be one of Jesus' disciples in uh, John chapter 1, verses 45 through 51. Uh, Philip first encountered uh, Jesus. And Jesus went and got Nathanael. And the Bible says that Nathanael was sitting uh, underneath a fig tree. And Nathanael is told, come see this Jesus from Nazareth. And Nathanael says, Nazareth, nothing good comes from Nazareth. But he goes with Philip and the Bible says that uh, Jesus sees Nathanael. And Jesus says, well, look here, an Israelite where there is no deceit. And when Nathanael hears that, I mean, he's caught off guard. Jesus, how do you know me? I mean, Nathaniel, uh, he went over, he kind of went overboard. We kind of not, don't see that in the text. 
But Nathaniel's caught off guard because Jesus knows what Nathaniel was thinking. What was Nathaniel thinking under the fig tree? Most likely he was contemplating, he was reading the book of Genesis and contemplating the life of Jacob. And we know that Jacob was a, was a, a deceitful person. And Nathan is, Nathaniel is probably thinking, well, God, is there any, is there any deceitfulness in me? May you not find any deceitfulness in me. And that's when Philip comes. And Philip says, come on, Nathaniel, come see this, this Messiah, the, the one that we've been longing for. And Jesus' reaction when he sees Nathaniel, oh, an Israelite in whom there is no deceitfulness. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? This is Jesus, my friends. He knows all of us. He knows all of our hurts, all of our disappointments, all of our victories. He knows you warts and all. And Jesus is coming to seek you. And his words to you as they are to Zacchaeus this morning. I need to stay at your house today. And so my encouragement to you, my friend, if you're seeking the Lord Jesus, if you've never crossed that threshold of faith, May today be the day of your salvation. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. The doorknob is on your side of the door. And he longs for you to open the door to receive him so that he might come and have relationship with you for you to know the living God. But that's the first thing we know about Jesus, is that Jesus is seeking the lost. Jesus is seeking Zacchaeus. Not only was Jesus seeking Zacchaeus, but Jesus was going to save Zacchaeus. I came to seek and to save those who are lost. And in verse 6, the Bible says, when when Zacchaeus heard that invitation, he received Jesus joyfully. Put yourself in Zacchaeus' shoes. He doesn't have any friends. The only people he associates with are the other tax collectors. Everybody else hates him. And here's this Jesus saying, Zacchaeus, I need to spend spend my time at your house today. You want to spend it with me, Jesus? And the Bible says he receives Jesus joyfully. And while Jesus and the disciples were at Zacchaeus' house, something dramatic occurred. Zacchaeus chose to believe in Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus came to know that this Jesus truly is the Son of Man, the Messiah, the long-awaited, anticipated Messiah in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. 
And he gives his heart and life. He believes wholeheartedly in this Jesus. Now we know from the text that Zacchaeus is a very rich man. A few weeks ago, we looked at a young rich ruler. And, uh, and Jesus said in that passage of Scripture, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to come into the kingdom of God. It's impossible for a rich man on his own to come to faith in Christ. And the disciples were dumbfounded by this because they were thinking, boy, rich people have God's favor. And the disciples said, well, Jesus, if this rich man can't come to the into the kingdom, what hope do any of us have? Jesus says, well, what is impossible for man is possible for God. This rich young ruler couldn't save himself, and he was tied to his wealth, and he was unwilling to let go of his wealth. But for this other rich man, in Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus, what's impossible for man is possible with God. It wasn't Zacchaeus who saved himself. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ who who unveiled the eyes that he might see Jesus with faith. It was God who saved this man. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. And we see in this passage of scripture that Zacchaeus was saved. And how do we know Zacchaeus was saved? Well, look at his response. Verse 8. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Jesus says in verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. How do we know that Zacchaeus came to know Christ as his Lord and Savior? Because suddenly Zacchaeus became a generous person. He knows how he had defrauded people and he wants to make amends and he wants to be generous to the poor. And folks, that is evidence of salvation. That is not salvation. But when we come into a personal relationship with Christ, generosity is going to be one of the fruits of that faith. Now, Jesus didn't proclaim that Zacchaeus was a Christian until Zacchaeus made that statement. But his good works did not lead to righteousness. His good works were evidence of that, real, of that righteousness. 
Folks, if there's things that we can do to earn our salvation, then guess what? Jesus died needlessly. But when it comes to the scripture, when it comes to what we believe as Christians, what the, what the Bible says, it's by faith alone that we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ by God's grace. It's not what we do. We can't do things to earn our salvation or to keep our salvation. But if you're truly saved, there is going to be generosity in a believer's heart and life. It's one of the pillars of discipleship. For this For this rich man, Zacchaeus' riches did not control him. Jesus controlled him. People who have a hard time giving up the resources that God has entrusted to them, God doesn't control their lives. Their wealth controls their lives. My friends, I just want to encourage you that if you walk with God, if you say you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, generosity to kingdom work is going to be one of the fruits of your faith. And upon hearing Zacchaeus' declaration, Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. And so this morning, I have two questions to you for you. Number one is, have you opened your heart to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says, If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. This may be your only opportunity. I don't know why God has brought you to this service this morning. But God has a message for you. He loves you. And he longs to spend time with you at your house. Guess what your house is? The heart of your life the seat of your emotions, your personality of who you are. God wants to spend time with you. And he wants to make his house your home if you'll open up your heart to him. But pastor, you don't know what I've done. I know. I don't. But Jesus does. He knows everything about you. He created you to be in relationship with you. You don't find that relationship just by coming to church. I grew up in the church myself, like these other men that you've heard their stories this morning. I assumed that being in a church made me a Christian. That's as foolish as thinking that you go to McDonald's and you eat a Big Mac every day, that that makes you a Big Mac. No, it doesn't. 
There has to come a point. Yeah, I look like a Big Mac, don't I? (laughs) You have to cross this threshold of faith. And I did that early on in life. And you know what? I've never regretted it. I wasn't a perfect person. But you know what? Jesus kept me from a lot of things that my friends were getting involved with. And I'm not here to brag about me, but I'm here to brag about the grace of God. I'm a trophy of His grace. So I've got more of a Nathaniel story. Maybe you have more of a Zacchaeus story. It doesn't matter. Jesus knows it all. And Jesus died for you. And he wants to receive you to himself. But you've got to believe. So have you crossed that threshold of faith? And my second question is, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you say that you're a born-again believer, are you being generous? Are your resources controlling you? You can't let go. Or is today Jesus saying, be generous. Trust me. You might be here and you're thinking, well, pastor, I don't have a whole lot of money. Well, you heard Steve Fowler a couple of weeks ago share that if you live in this country of ours, You are in the top 4% of income earners around the world. I don't care what your income is. You are in the top 4%. We're all wealthy, my friends. Jesus wants us to be generous with others. And it starts with the house of God. It starts with the tithe. Jesus is saying this morning, trust me. Let's pray. We're going to sing the song, I Surrender All. Many of you are familiar with this song. And and this will just be one more opportunity to tell your Lord and Savior Jesus that it all belongs to Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for how He has abundantly blessed you. Thank Him for the opportunity that you have to give back to Him. Maybe for others here this morning, you're going to sing these words for the very first time and mean them. Jesus longs to hear these words. Give your heart and your life to him. If you're struggling with resources and holding on to those resources, trust the Lord. Surrender everything to him. From your perspective, it sounds impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Father, I pray that you would bless this time of worship as we sing to you. 
as we make this our heart's cry this morning.